making rants and sales of SA's entertainment industry. Business of Entertainment with Martin Myers on K-Talk. Good evening, it's just past 9pm and you're tuned into Cape Talk and we're chatting about the business of entertainment for the next 30 minutes with myself, your host, Martin Myers, and I'm delighted to to welcome back his indifferent wildlife fatigues, Kevin Leo Smith, who had astounding points to talk about the business of entertainment and going and spending time in conservation, looking at Kruger National Park, looking at the Maasai Mara, but he wears another hat, and that's why I wanted him back in, because we can't just brush over it. He's incredibly positive about Africa. He's incredibly positive about Apple. But more exciting for me is he's non-executive director with an app developing company based out of Durban, as I always call Durb, Durbs by the Sea, a company called iMedia. Kevin, thrilling to have you back. Thank you for giving up of your time and coming back to do some business in Cape Town. This yeah. double life that you have that is so positive and so wonderful, iMedia. What does it do and how did you get involved? You're a wildlife expert, for heaven's sake. Yeah, I was interested in, in, in um, computers when I was at university. So that goes back to the 1970s. And so I bought my first Apple IIe computer in 1979. So before a lot of your listeners will be been born. And so when, when I meet people a similar age to me, I'm 67 now, and they tell me that and they might be in their 60s, and they tell me that they, they missed the computer generation. I said, no, you didn't. You just chose not to participate. <laughs> said, There's a difference. I was right in it as far as I was concerned. Um, so I always had that interest. And when I was living up in Botswana in, in Maun in 19, from 1997, uh, the internet had just emerged as a thing and email became a thing and the travel industry adopted email incredibly fast, much faster than most other industries because of the distances and faxes really didn't cut it and so on. And so I was looking for an ISP to help us with that and having grown up in KwaZulu-Natal, Durban, Peter Maritzburg area, we happened to be down there um, and and somebody recommended that I go and see Anis Hassim who's the uh, founder and main shareholder of of Emedia, so it's it's Emedia, not iMedia. Sorry, Emedia. It stands for Immediate Media, and there's mm. a bit of a story behind that, but I won't get to that now. So then I met him, and and he's he then became our first ISP, started doing our first websites, and so on. We became friends, and eventually, in the mid two thousands, um, asked me to to uh, step on his board as a non executive director, which I've been there since then. So that's the sort of journey in tech. So I'm not a techie. But I'm very, very much a power user. I saw something fascinating on your site. The most powerful thing I have learned is that I can actually use my phone as my office and actually make money using apps. Make money using apps. Yeah. What do you mean? Look, it's it's really critical, and and particularly for for the entertainment world, it, it's it's actually your business device. Um, so you need your instrument, your voice, or whatever it is that you use for your entertainment. But your your reality is that that your device in your pocket is should be your business, and it should be with you wherever you are, so that your business travels around with you. You know those many uh, entertainers who can't afford an entourage. You know, that's where you should manage your life. And there's so many apps that can do that for you. And no, you don't have to be an expert. It's really easy. Give us a couple of examples. I mean, one you gave me a million years ago and I still use today is Pocket, which I really enjoy. Yeah, Pocket has both a commercial and and a personal use. But we all come across so much information now 
that we're unable to to deal with it in real time. But you know that this is something important you want to need with. And pocket is a means of filing something for later use. So you you flick it across to the pocket app. So whether it's a Twitter feed or any any URL, so something you found on a website, an email, or whatever it is like that, you just add that to pocket. And then when you're sitting on a flight, before you go, uh, you can you can preset it to have downloaded things. So when you're sitting on a flight, that page is now loaded. And so even though you're in airplane mode, if you're a dutiful passenger, um, you will have that that information available to you. And so it's that kind of thing that can so you can really then become a student of your own profession. Any other exciting apps? Yeah, look, Emedia makes a, an, an app that's, that's basically a personalized version of social media combined for you. So it's kind of like your own personalized uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, it could be a radio station in a pocket, for example, for just for yourself. And and it gives you ability to own your own um uh, you know, you own your own market, so that instead of your followers being managed by Instagram or somebody else, you can aggregate them all in your own space. You can promote to them directly. You can have conversations with them directly. So it becomes personal, and and uh, so that's one in a, a pure technique. And it podcasts and does all sorts of other things for you automatically. But it depends on how you want to use it, and you can white label it so it, it doesn't come across as the immediate app called Fabric, it comes across as Martin Myers's app or whoever you, you, you want it to be. You brushed so... You, sorry, I'm getting tongue-twisted. You brushed so subtly podcasts. How important is that now going forward for creators? Podcasts is a huge thing. I, I very seldom meet anybody who doesn't listen to podcasts. And in fact, people listen to radio by podcasts, so they time shift the, the radio. So, you know, we used to be in a world where... Um, your attention was taken and had to be demanded by something at a particular time slot. We're no longer in that world. It doesn't suit our lifestyle. doesn't suit anything. And we've actually got used to the idea of time shifting. So even email was time shifting conversations that we used to have on phones. And so I could send you an email at my convenience. You could read it at yours and respond at your convenience. And I read it again at mine. So you time shift. And podcasting enables you to do exactly that. But more. Because you can have a podcast um, that focuses on on aspects or general or anything else. You can have video. You can have all sorts of other media in it. Um, It's really, really a powerful tool. So even watching a series on YouTube, they don't necessarily call it a podcast, but it's actually a video podcast. So podcasting is huge for me, and it's only just getting to the beginning in my view. And if you just tuned in, you're on the business of entertainment with my guest, Kevin Leo Smith, talking about his love of applications. The previous week, we talked about his unbelievable knowledge about um, wildlife and conservation and how creatives need to get involved in that. And all the podcasts are on the Cape Talk website. Under podcast, you see a little yellow thing that says the business of entertainment and all the stories are there and all the interviews in bite-sized chunks. And you can go and listen to what Kevin had to say last week. There's a dirty word, artificial intelligence, AI. You were incredibly positive about it. Enlighten us. Yeah, look, AI has been coming for a long time. And and one of the best quotes I ever heard about AI was, how do you know when AI is working? And the answer is when you don't know. So AI works best when it's just there and it works. Now, you don't realize that every single day you're using AI without even knowing it because your phone is full of AI. So when you wake up in the morning and you look at your phone, you're not even surprised that the weather for today is sitting in front of you. 
that's AI working out that that's going to be important for you. That you know your reminders for for various things. Um, there's there's so many different uh, aspects of of AI that it include. Now they called that machine learning. It was a version of AI, and so it was kind of learning your behaviour and then adapting to it. So when I look at my phone in the morning, it will be completely different what shows up on the screen to what shows up on Martin's phone. Mm because it'll be more accustomed to what he's used to. So your feeds in in Twitter or X are the same sort of thing. There's an AI stream that's that's creating those unless you're actually managing your own stream. But if you're following the for you or things like that, that's that's X managing your thing. So AI is, is everywhere. But what we're really talking about now is what's taking them is these large language models, which on the appearance are intelligent. But what do you, what do you really. mean by a large language model? Is that ChatGBT? Correct. So, well, there's many others now. Okay. So there's, there's been lots of emulations. There's lots of specializations. So there's lots of people who have taken something like ChatGPT and made a specific one for a specific industry. So whether it be you know debt collection or whatever it is, it, it goes and finds information for you. But ChatGPT is the one that, uh, that really made it. And, and I was just looking back at my Facebook uh, reminders that came up the other day. And I was one of the first 100,000 people that got a free access or early access into to chat GPT because the moment I saw it, I realized it was going to be something. And that was literally just over a year ago. And if you don't think that AI is going to be important in your life, um, just realize that that you're using it already and you don't even know it because the media are using it. Everybody's using it. Your, your news reports are being checked uh, through ChatGPT uh, subscription versions because that's up to date. The trouble with ChatGPT free version is that it's, I think it's up to January last year. So th- it's it's there and it's in your life and, and you're not going to run away from it ever. I want to go back to our first episode. And when I closed off, I mentioned your son, Brent Leo Smith, doing extraordinary things in the, I don't know, I'm going to use a naive term, the wildlife economy. There's satellites, there's trucks, you can tune in, you can watch um, the big five. The apple didn't drop far from the tree. Dad must be very happy. Yes. And how the hell did it come about? Well, he he started out as a safari guide and and became one of the sort of best safari guides around and and, uh, made a career out of it. And then you eventually get to… Hang on, where was he driving? Well, he was a safari guy. Look, he'd, he'd worked in, in various places. So he'd, he was in southern Tanzania um, with Great Plains. He'd been in Zambia, Botswana, um, and in uh, Singita, Londolozi. So he'd, he'd been around at, at various the sort of high profile. So he's doing the 10,000 hours. Yeah, correct. And and he started his 10,000 hours at about five. So, you know, he's he's gone a long way. In fact, even at Pinda, he was teaching our, our guides about fossils because uh, Pinda's sitting on a... Um, a Cretaceous fossil bed, and he knew more about the fossils than the guides did. So whenever they had a guest who needed to know, they used to bring him to Brent at about seven or eight years old, and he used to go and help them with that. So, so he's been in it all along. But yes, he's he's very involved and in a very technical aspect of it. Tell us more. I've looked on. You can look on Facebook. What's the URL? Well, it's just PaintedDog.tv, but YouTube is where their main channel is. But they also have their. Is own that app. also Painted Dog? Yeah. So it's Painted Dog. A TV channel on on YouTube, but they also have they use Fabric app that we spoke about earlier on. So that they've got their Painted Dog app as well. 
And painted dog is about my first love. Um, it's another name for a wild dog. Am I Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So they, they, uh, if you if you t- translate their Latin name, it literally means painted wolf. And um, so, Cape hunting dog was its official name originally. I'm not quite sure whether I think it's just known as the African wild dog now officially in in, in most things. But but yes, that's also his fascination, uh, which he he developed at the same place that Martin did at Kwando in Botswana. So. I've got to, I've got I've got to do a pilgrimage. Um is it endangered? Let's be frank. Absolutely. Yeah. So so when we spoke about in the previous thing about endangered and so on, wild dog definitely meets the criteria for endangered and and it's endangered wherever it exists. In South Africa at any one time and you only talk about adults, we only have 600 adults. And 600 adults is not a lot of dogs considering that in every pack only the alpha male and the alpha female breed. So out of that 600 dogs you've got less than probably 50 to 80 breeding pairs. So it takes one Arabies outbreak to put that under threat. So this has just knocked me for a six. Straight cover drive by mm-hmm. Brian Charles Lara. I'm gobsmacked what I've just heard. 600 dogs? Yeah, 6,000 in Africa. I want to get involved now. Right. Where can I read more? Where can I research more? Where can I talk about it with an informed opinion as a creative? Well, um, Brent in one of his things does some interviews about that. But there's a guy called Grant Beverly in South Africa who lives in Hoodsprate, where I live. And he's he's this sort of guy who spends his waking hours on wild dog uh, conservation work. And uh, there's a Endangered Wildlife Trust as a predator specialist group uh, within the uh, predator group, not the specialist group. But um, And they have the thing. But, but Grant's... Um, He's he's Mr. Wild Dog in South Africa, really. Yeah. Where to from here? You've got these feet in both camps, extraordinary work. Your wife is extraordinary, winning Wimbledon. What's next for Kevin Leo Smith? Well, more of the same. Life's not finished. I'm, I'm uh, 67 and people keep saying to you, so when are you going to retire? I don't understand the concept. It's just like a very strange concept to me to want to retire. It means you kind of missed your missed your calling because if retiring from your calling is your point, um, then I'm not sure you had a point. So I've still keep keep going while I'm able. So I'm busy with too many things always. You've consulted for the Botswana government. You're consulting now in Gabon, fulfilling those yeah. roles. Yeah, and, and what at, are those roles? In Gabon, it's not consulting. We 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 sort of project developers. So we're doing, uh, I suppose, climate change mitigation through uh, through uh, biodiversity conservation. So we're trying to create value in standing forests. Um, we have this perverse situation in the world where um, the only way to make a forest valuable is to cut the tree down, trees down, and sell the wood. Um, it's kind of a stupid system when the forest is providing all these climate services for us just standing there. And uh, it's a way of trying to get a country like Gabon paid for providing these ecological services for the world. It's an air conditioner for the world. Is conservation and what you're doing misunderstood by the wider Western world? They sometimes think, oh, we'll get an artist. You must just donate money. You must do this and you must do that. You're advocating more than that, getting your hands dirty. Am I correct? Yeah. Look, I, I believe that you can you can you can conserve and preserve as a business, and that creating value 
is is something best done as a business. Um, donations don't create value; they create dependency, and and you don't want to create dependency. So there is a role for them. There's uh, I'm not saying it's either or; uh, it's an and. And and so what we're trying to do is there's there's a whole new movement uh, called the natural capital movement. A lot of biologists will have you might have heard them speak about a thing called payments for ecosystem services. It was looking at the same thing the wrong way around. So to use a, a human-centered example, if I arrive in a poor village in the middle of nowhere and I go to the community there and I say, listen, I'm a bleeding heart. I want to come and help you from the deepness of my heart. And here I'm going to give you 100 rand a month forever. Um, but you need to change your behavior. Don't cut down the forest. Um, that person's never going to change that behavior. They'll take the 100 rand for sure. They don't expect to see you ever again. And so their behavior won't change. You didn't create any value. If, on the other hand, that forest that they were cutting down to try and subsist off agriculture, you came in and made that forest more valuable than the subsistence, and as a consequence, that forest was able to generate them revenue in perpetuity, uh, they would definitely change their behavior because that forest would now be venerated as valuable. And so that's the, the trick. Now, that's very simple to say. It's very hard to do, but that's what we're trying to do, but at scale. Do you have a moment when you sit here on a Thursday night I'm asking you all these questions. There's no notes in front of you. Your face is a picture of, I want to share, I want to inspire. A moment where you go, wow, I'm really proud of that. Or hasn't that arrived yet for Kevin Leo Smith? Yeah, look, when you look back at the moment, it, you know, in the moment, it probably doesn't strike you. It just strikes you as lots of work. But looking back, Pinda is, is definitely one of those examples. So we, we took the area of Pinda. We paid in 1990, late 1989, we, we, we actually secured the land after working on it since 1986. And we paid 1,250 rand a hectare average for the, the, the 12,500 hectares that formed the core of Pinda. That reserve is now over 30,000 hectares. But, but the farmers there resisted us. The government resisted us. The, everybody told us we were mad. There's no ways you could turn that into anything. We, we had a vision that, that the, the use of that under conservation would be more valuable. Today, you won't buy a hectare of land under wildlife in the Pinda area for anything under 60,000 rand a hectare. Wow. And that's a 20% compounded return for 30 years, which probably beats investing in tech. So people don't think that you can do that on land. And that's, that's the, the living embodiment. So I often go back to that when people ask me, aren't you wasting your time with trying to do this with forests? And the answer is no. Because the, the forests, um, you know, the, 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 the tropical forests that cover the whole equator of this world are the reason why we have a habitable planet. And if we lose those, we're all gone. Do you go back to Pinda often to look? Not as often as I'd like to, but yes, I, I get back probably every five or six years. I was last there about three years ago. And it's, it's really gratifying to go back and look at that, both from the human development that took place, some of the young young kids that, that joined me, and they were literally young kids, 19, 20 years old, at that time are now senior people in the, in the, in the world of uh, safari tourism and conservation. Um, so yes, uh, you know, the, for example, one of our trackers, his daughter is now becoming a doctor, and he never finished school. But the career that he got, together with the tips that he earned, was enough to put his daughter through university. So, you know, that kind of thing is something that makes life meaningful. Thrilling. We're coming to the end of a fascinating discussion over the last two weeks with Kevin Leo Smith about 
apps, his foot in conservation. I want to go back to apps because it starts with an A. Where are apps going to now? What is your company developing in Durban? That's exciting. I know you told me off air Supersport was one of your clients in the early days. Yeah, Supersport was the first iOS app when the App Store became a thing. Now, even Steve Jobs missed the app thing. He didn't realize that that was going to become a thing, despite the fact that some of his team pushed him to do that. But once he pivoted and he went straight into it. So, and he saw that opportunity, and Supersport was the first real commercial app uh, produced in South Africa out of Media Studios in Durban. So it is, is something somebody else is looking after it now. But the, the, the focus that Anise and his team have had now is, is, is on uh, fabric. And while it's, it started out as a, as a radio station-focused app, it has so many uh, other applications that could be personalized, uh, like, for example, my son's using it for, for their business. But there's also communities. Um, so the first community was the Mplonga community right next door to the media offices. They're using it as a community app. It's much better than a WhatsApp group. Um, because you've got much more control over it. So it does all sorts of things. So they, they're putting more bells and whistles. You can do payments through it. You can do all sorts of things through it now. So that's where the big focus is. And incorporating artificial intelligence to that private data stream is the next level because privacy is a big thing, and, and this gives you privacy. You're 67, but I guarantee you you're on FaceTime. Where can I find you on social media? Because I'm fascinated by what you've spoken about over the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm on uh, X, uh, just as Kevin Leo Smith, no sort of hidden anything. And it's fairly random what I do there, but it's just stuff that interests me. And then I'm on Facebook. Uh, My friends and uh, and family is what I really do on Facebook, but anybody's free to follow me. I don't, don't, uh, Kevin. I do have an Instagram account. I don't really use it that much. I do use it on occasion. So there's a lot more followers than posts from me. But but, uh, I'm not, you know, I've not that many followers. And then on uh, my sort of professional side of things is LinkedIn. So I work a little bit in LinkedIn as well. How do we get hold of iMedia? This Fabric app sounds fantastic. I'd like to use it for Music Exchange, the conference that I run. I think it can do wonderful things. Yeah, that's an an ideal use for it. So, yeah, you you get hold of them through uh, immedia.co.za, so I-double-M-E-D-I-A, so it it stands for Immediate Media. Mm -hmm. And Anise changed the name from what they were. They were called East Coast Access, funny enough. It was an (laughs) ISP. And he realized in about 2002 that media was going to go immediate. And so he changed the name to Immedia to re- reflect that so it's you should be able to find them pretty easily kevin it's been thrilling and as i closed off last week i close off this week the same thing the final word is yours all right well don't be scared of ai it's going to change everything and uh, it's going to make your life better and it's not going to on a net basis do away with jobs yes there are certain jobs that will be changed but then when we went from horses to cars people who used to collect manure got a much better career Thank you so much, Kevin, for giving up your time over the last two weeks. And from my producer, Barry Marie, and myself, it's been thrilling with you on the journey tonight on the business of entertainment. We'll see you next Thursday. Don't be late, just after 9 p.m. From myself, Martin Myers, thank you and good night. Making brands and sense of SA's entertainment industry. Business of Entertainment with Martin Myers on K Talk. On K Talk.